That's right, baby. Oh, yeah. That is how we are starting the first episode of the podcast. Neil Shikoff, Agnes Balza, Carmen Finale. It, in my opinion, is the best hook of all time on Damon B-flat. Come through. Uh, my name is Nicholas Brownlee, and I'm your host for this new podcast uh, called Hook, Push, and Pray, uh, a shop-talking opera podcast. Now, A lot of you listening to this, I'm sure, already know me in some capacity, Um, so thank you for stopping by. Um, This podcast is a a labor of love. It is something that I think is necessary in the opera world. Uh, I probably am not the one to do it. (laughs) Um, I do not have all the answers. I know almost nothing. Uh, but I know a lot of people who know a lot of things. Um, so I'm reaching out to them constantly and asking them for help um, and asking, coming to them with questions. So I think the idea of this podcast is to fill in some of the gaps for sort of practical knowledge for American singers. How does Germany work? Um, what repertoire do I need to be offering? Um, what is my next step after a young artist program? All of these things, there are countless number of people who will give you advice and probably better advice than me but I think coming from a fellow singer is always nice sort of um, I'm on the I'm on the ground my wife and I are both in the same ensemble in Karlsruhe Um, so I think I think I can be of some service so I'm super stoked I'm so fired up uh, to do this first episode and yeah, and and a couple of quick quick things about the podcast. You, it will be available every Thursday, uh, which feels like the right day. I have no idea why. Um, and I want this to be sort of like a uh, an active podcast. I want the beginning of every one of these to be filled with questions from you guys. Um, how do I do this? What do I do? And if I can't answer it, which I probably can't, um, I will reach out to someone who can. Um, and I'm sure they will be helped. Um, I'm going to say um a lot, too, because this is my first time really recording um, anything. So I am coming to you from Oman. I am doing Traviata here. Uh, so I could be on the beach right now. It's 75 degrees, sunny and gorgeous. I can see the water from my hotel room. But instead, I am with you. I am with you. We're all in this together. So today, isn't that hook so good by Shikoff, though? I, did, I don't know. It's maybe the way he attacks the second one that gets me all jacked up. We're going to listen also to the very, very end. At the end of this podcast, I'll put the, the last two minutes. He's just so good. Chikoff's the best. If you've ever been in a lesson with Chikoff or you've uh, – I've, I've only had maybe one lesson with him or two lessons with him, but I've, I've watched a lot of them, funny enough, because I love watching lessons because I'm the weirdest person in the world. God, there's better ways to be spending my time. A lot of spirals. You're going to hear a lot of spin outs and a lot of spirals in this first podcast. Um, the way Shikoff is, is excitement for the world of opera. It's like, however you think, you watch Shikoff, right? And you watch that, you watch him scream Mimi at the end of that famous Mimi recording or whatever. You listen to him, and the way he gives everything on stage, you're like, I wonder what that guy's like in the lesson. Whatever you think he's like, you nailed it. He's just like that. Uh, passionate screaming but in, in in never in a threatening way only in an encouraging way um he's the best also elephant in the room i am a little like not sick don't worry you're not gonna get it through the mic don't worry you don't have to stop listening um i'm not i, I guess i'm a little sick but honestly i got this like little like nasal thing and it just feels like there's lasers coming out of my head like i feel like i have a hero right now i'm like sitting really high like i could i think I could get through Rigoletto right now maybe uh it would be it'd be rough the ending would be rough anyways a flat's not written don't you love when people say that but it's not written the a flat yeah okay so I am jumping off the deep end in this first podcast I am by myself and there's no one to stop me so we're jumping right in what is the white well for American singers what is it if you're thinking yourself right now it's a fest contract you were right. 
I think it's something everyone talks about, but no one knows exactly really how to tell you how to do it. And if they do, um, maybe their their way is a little antiquated or whatever. Um, so this first podcast is about Germany. Now, normally I would have a guest on, and you will hear me in this interview later on when I keep referring to the interview and then not putting the interview at the end of the podcast, which is a little odd. Um, normally that's how it will work. I want to just talk for 10 minutes. Uh, I think I repeat this at some point in the podcast, but I want to talk for 10 minutes and then I want to go straight into the interview. Um, uh, and hopefully we touch the subject of the week, which if you haven't guessed yet, the subject of the month is, uh, Germany, because I feel like that's the thing I know sort of the most about and can talk about with some, a little fluency, and I think that is the, the best way to attack it. So that is my plan, is to attack this, the German idea. Um, again, sorry for the confusion. Next week, we will absolutely have a guest. Um, so countless number of people say to me, and we talk about this in the interview, Jen and I, just go to Germany. Uh, just go, just go, just go to Germany. Huh? What do you, do you, uh, so I, just, I, I should just land in, in Bremen and pray? Um, there, it's so wild that people say these things and then they give you no sort of practical knowledge or tell you to read an out-of-date book or whatever. And I think all of those things are good. I think the, the impetus to go to Germany is true. It's great. But now how do we do that? How does that work? So um, we talk a lot about guesting in the first podcast. That's sort of how Jen broke into Germany. But I'm I'm breaking into Germany in a fest. So um, the first rule in, in podcasting, or so I've read, I did a little research, you're right, oh yeah, uh, is talk about what you know, and this is what I know because I do it every day. Again, everything I'm about to talk about as far as Fest is concerned is my experience and my colleague's experience firsthand. It is not true of everyone. I, some people have horror stories, and for those people, I am sorry that you went through that. For me, it has been incredible. It has been an excellent journey, and for Everyone at my house, and I think this is very true, everyone in Karlsruhe at the Badische Staatstheater, everyone's pretty happy. Like, it's a really good vibe and good energy in our house. It's the canteen, maybe that's the reason. The canteen is literally the best canteen in Germany. I mean, it's un, it's, they have Toast Madagascar. Listen, I don't even have time to talk about them. Who has time to talk about how good the food is in Karlsruhe? Every person I bring there is like, bro, what? You eat this every day? And I'm like, well, I try not to. Um, Thank God you walk a lot in, in Europe. So again, that's my preface. This is not true of everyone, but this is true of me, and that's all I can talk about. So that's what I'm going to talk about. So what is a fest? So first of all, opera in Germany is a total wild, wildly different. I can't stress how different it is than opera in America. Um, there are 83, and all of this information that I'm about to say I must I, I will cite because I, I had an awesome music history teacher when I would write a paper, and the, if the bibliographer figure was wrong, it wasn't worth turning again. So this is from a Newsweek article written in 2014 um, that quotes Christine Opale and Irene Roberts. Hey, Irene. We did uh, the AIDS Gala in Dusseldorf together uh, a year ago. She's awesome. So um, basically this, this article is titled How Germany is Saving Classical Opera. So that's where I pulled all these numbers from, and they seem to be true because I double-checked them. That's all right. Your boy's working. Um, there are 83 publicly funded opera houses in Germany. Now, what does that number mean? Because it's sort of uh, just an abstract, arbitrary number. To, to juxtapose with that, France and Britain combined have less than 24. Combined. It's insane. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's wild. Um, it's a hard statistic to compare with America because we're not so government funded. Um, but just sort of put that in your noggin 83 in in germany versus less than 24 combined in france and britain so we're talking about a crap ton of opera um oh so classy crap ton um 75 7500 7500 7500 plus performances in germany every season that's a third of the entire world's number of performances a third of the amount of performances of opera that happen in the world happen in germany bro come through that's incredible 
The U.S., to compare that, I can now directly compare that to U.S., U.S. has about 2,000. 7,500 in Germany. 2,000 in America. So when people are like, there's more opportunity in Germany, that is maybe the understatement of the century. There is infinitely, not infinitely, there's a literal number, there is 5,000 more opportunities literally 5,000 more opportunities um, in Germany. And so I, I think these hard numbers are wild. When Even when I looked them up, I was like, this can't be right. And then, as I, as I said, because I'm a pro, uh, I double-checked them, and this is true. Um, Germany, German opera houses employ 1,300-plus soloists each year full-time. So that's not including the guests that they hire, right? And And... In our, in our theater, we have uh, 27 full-time fest soloists. And then, so that's full-time people. That's, full, that's people making a salary 12 months a year. Come through 27, right? In a town of 310,000. Karlsruhe, in a town the size of Lexington, Kentucky, we have 27 full-time soloists and an extensive list of guests, ranging from... Uh, uh, the double cast Anna Bolena, hey Shelly, Shelly Jackson sang it. She was very good. Um, the second cast uh, Anna Bolena, uh, or or the the second cast Mazzetto, or the first cast Don Giovanni. If we don't have one in the theater, or if he's busy or gone, I mean the the guest list in and of itself is is over forty five people. So we're talking. This is just this is just soloist, by the way, not including an absolute full time course and a, a part time extra course two mm, one and a half full-time orchestras because there's so many performances that you have to have to I mean this is in a town of 310,000 people like that is the upper west side from uh <laughs> from like Lincoln Center to Harlem just on one street I mean it's in, it's it's wild to me it blows my mind so um I don't know that much about New York so I don't know if that's right or not but I'm trying um in our in 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 our theater, we do eight new productions a year. Eight. That's a real number. Eight, which each gets uh, its own rehearsal period. So we're talking about six weeks of rehearsal for each one. We're talking about important, awesome directors. Uh, Keith Warner just did an Electra there. He's a ugh, what a doll, what a star. I say stuff like doll now. I have a podcast. Um, so Keith Warner just did an Electra there. Brilliant, incredible. Um, unbelievable orchestra the orchestra is 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 oldest you can imagine they premiered Brahms 4 right I know I know blows my mind too um eight new productions right and they range literally that's the one of the main things about Germany they just can do whatever they need to oh you need 112 people in the pit for for you know 10 performances of Electra okay we'll just get an extra timpani where are they going to go? Put them in the wings. It doesn't matter. That's how we roll over here. Um, I'm saying we now. That's how they roll. I'm just a part of it. Um, so in addition to those 10 new productions, we do 10 Vita Aufnahmen or remounts. That's right. I speak a little German. We do 10 remounts, which is um, either they come from the last year. So every year you do a new production. The next year you do a few perform more performances of it. For instance, last year we had a new Bocanegra. We did 14 performances of Bocanegra last season and then four this season, and now that production is gone. So that's sort of how that works. And then, in an, it, so we're, we're talking 18. God, that's insane just to say out loud. We're talking 18 productions in this repertoire theater. In addition to ballet and regular symphonic concerts and uh, Schauspiel or act, straight theater, we have a small another small theater upstairs where we're premiering new works but i mean it's just it's wild again three hundred ten thousand people in Karlsruhe, the size of lexington kentucky so i'm just trying to drive home there's a lot of opera happening and it's in, in in my town especially it's wild um so now that we've identified sort of wow there's a lot of work to be had there a fest is such a white whale for an American singer like what what does a fest mean 
Can I guess during it? All of these questions that I get. So I'm going to answer a few. And again, like I said earlier, please reach out to me and I will clear up all of these answers as best as I can on next week's episode, um, which of course you're going to subscribe to this and then you'll listen to every episode and it'll be, it'll basically become a part of your routine. And uh, then I'll get super famous and then Squarespace will sponsor me and Blue Apron will send me awesome boxes of food and the whole thing will happen, right? That's how podcasts work. Anyways, so lots of spirals, too many spirals, Nick. Um, so again, these, these things that I'm about to say about the fest are only my experience. I don't know what's happening in Hagen. I don't know what's happening in Munich. I don't know what's happening in Weimar, but this is mine. Um, in, in most cases, and it's certainly mine and all my colleagues, uh, one of which is my wife. So I know exactly that she's telling the truth. (laughs) Um, uh, most fest, fest contracts are 12 months long. There are other contracts. There's a residence fest. There's a, a tile antrag, which is like a half fest or a part-time fest. There, there are a lot of sort of little, you know, ins and outs, delicacies of the contract. But for, but for right now, we're, we will say it's a full-time 12-month contract. Now, um, it often begins as a, ten, as a two-year contract, as mine did and as my wife's did. And then it sort of goes year to year. Now, what that means is uh, there's, a, there's an arbitrary, there's not arbitrary, there's, a, there's a, a date in October in which they have to inform you that you will not be brought back for next season or you have to inform them that you will not be coming back next season. Basically, so everyone can save themselves uh, some trouble. So they have time to audition other people. Maybe they don't have a bass baritone now because their bass baritone is leaving. So they have to hire people or whatever, right? Now, if you just surprise them on October and you're like, I'm not coming back, that's probably not a great look. Uh, this is something that you should probably talk about earlier um, in your contract, um, earlier in the season, right, before. So just sort of let them know that they're planning and hopefully they'll do the same for you. Yeah. Now, why does your contract get let up? Why did they not bring you back? For a myriad of reasons. Um, it could be it could be uh, productions. Maybe they don't have enough performances for you to make it make sense for them to have you on a 12, 12 month contract. Maybe they want to switch you to a tile fest, a half fest. Maybe they just want you to do a residency because they want you to do Honorable Lena, but they don't want to pay you as a guest. Now, listen, there are there are a lot of there's a lot of detail work in this, but for the most part, gen- very generally speaking, um, they they will tell you by October if, if they want you back or not, and you the same for them. Um, I feel protected, I must say, in Germany more than I feel I've ever felt protected as an artist. Um, you you do have a little bit of power. Um, you do you can say things like. You do get one a season to say that's out of my flock. I can't do that. We're going to get into flock in a minute, but um, basically, they're trying to protect the singer and they're trying to protect the house at the same time. So that's sort of how that works. Um, what does a fest look like? Well, a fest can look like a lot of things. Um, there are lifetime festers. <laughs> I don't know. Can you lifetime ensemble members? Maybe not festers. I wrote festers, which I think is very funny, uh, and they would be charmed, I'm sure. Um, there are uh, ladies and gentlemen at Karlsruhe who have been there for 20 plus years, um, and they sing. They sing all kinds of different roles, leads, small parts, whatever they whatever they need, and they live in Karlsruhe and they made a, a life for themselves there. And maybe they guest very very rarely, but for the most part. They're there in the theater. I know there's a, an American guy named Eddie who is just the best. Uh, he's from Texas, and he moved He moved here. I'm going to get this date wrong, Eddie, if you're listening. I'm sorry. They moved to Karlsruhe in 86, uh, which was three years before I was born. And uh, so they, they moved here then, and they've been here. That was his first house he started working in, and they have this wonderful community in Karlsruhe. His wife was a, a wonderful gospel singer, and uh, that's Eddie's story. I mean, what a story, right? interesting um so i I find that very fascinating so that there are lifetime festers and that is something that you can do on some members um some people only do two years some people use a fest as like oh these these roles are right for me at the time it's advantageous for the house to hire them as a fest because they don't have to hire a guest for it and they're there for maybe three or four productions for those two years and they and they cover some small part or don't literally cover but they sing some small parts and they do some stuff and then um 
basically it's advantageous for the house to have them for those two years. And that is a, a thing that, that happens a lot. Um, so there's that. Then, of course, as everything, there's somewhere in between. Um, there are people at our, our house right now. We have a lead tenor there who's been there for seven years, and he's super happy. Um, American-trained uh, guy, and he's uh, fantastic and wonderful, and he's a great singer, and he sings leads there, but then they allow him to guest, and so he, he has a really great relationship um, with them. With me, uh, personally, I did my first two years. I'm on my second season now, and uh, I'll be coming back next season, and uh, it'll sort of be a year-to-year. Like We'll just look at, like, okay, here's the guest work that I have, and, and here's the repertoire that I need to sing and want to sing in the house. So it's sort of, uh, again, and that's very much what a fest looks like. So for the most part, 10 to 2 every day, uh, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and 6 to 10 are your hours. Now, there may be days where you don't work, uh, which is rare, but there are there there are days where you don't work, and there may, day, may be days where you work 10 to 2, 6 to 10 straight, and you just kill yourself. Or you may work 10 to 1. Now, <clears throat> any... There can be multiple variations of that. However, those are the hours that you have to keep free. They legally cannot call you from two to six. Now, if 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 the rehearsal goes a little long and you're really getting into something, it's much like America. Like if something goes a little, if you're like crying in front of Keith Warner on the ground and you're like trying to like do something, then you know whatever happens. But for the most part, or I, I will say absolutely from two to six is your time and they designed that around family so that you can have family time so that you're not you know which i think is really nice uh i i have a daughter so from two to six is our playtime. i go get her out of daycare at three and then we just party and uh by party read uh watch moana endlessly until it's time uh for her to not do that anymore and until our time for me to go to rehearsal and so that's nice. I've come to really enjoy that. It may sound miserable because you have to wake up and then there's no, but I've actually come to really, really enjoy this uh, sort of schedule because you just get stuff done. You're like, well, I'm up at two anyway, so like, let's go. Whereas in America, I feel like the the two to you know the the two to five, the two to five seven to ten schedule is super fun for like partying and having a good time. But then you end up partying after rehearsal and you go out, you have a few drinks and then you don't get to bed until one thirty, and then you sleep until 1130 and you're like, well, it's 1130. I have rehearsal at two. So maybe I should just like not do anything. But, but in this system, you're already ready to go. You're up. I find it much more um, productive. Uh, and, and because it's a real job, you get paid every month. What a concept. You get a monthly uh, check, well, a monthly deposit. And what is that is the big question, right? What does that look like? What's that number? Well, that is unbelievably variable. But I, I will speak about myself. I'm in Karlsruhe, which is an A house, which is a good house, um, a very good house, I would say. Um, I, Jennifer is also in that house. So we have two incomes. We're very grateful for that from, from this house. So, so we live well, but let me, let me speak. If you were just living alone, um, not alone, but you know what I'm saying? So if you were just living alone, could I survive on my salary? Absolutely. Um, it would be very possible for me alone to live on my salary now. This isn't true everywhere, right? Um, I'm certain that this isn't true for uh, for people in smaller cities. Um, I know when Jennifer first started guesting here, um, the, where she was guesting in Kaiserslautern, which is a very small house, um, but, but they still do. Don't worry, they still do 12 productions a year in a city of probably 150,000. Uh, yeah, unreal. So she was first guesting here, and the people in that house... Um, the people in that house, to just to be to be fair, were in the ensemble and they were cooking for themselves. You know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot of, especially for what whatever this whatever you think American living is, right? Like, maybe you go out to eat two or three times a week, and maybe you have a cocktail or two after rehearsal. Like, probably not going to be doing that in a smaller house. Um, heck, I don't even know that I can. I can't. I, I make enough to live. I want to be very clear. I absolutely make enough to live. 
Um, but after you know rent comes out and the and, and other things like you you do have to cook for yourself you do have to stay in like thankfully however you are super busy <laughs> so that's good um i don't think enough people i think people are just like oh just survive you'll be fine but like nah like i want to be practical that's what this whole podcast is about and so i i think it's i think it's sort of dirty to say a real number but i can tell you that um, even in a house like Carlsboro, which is a great a great house, you yeah you have to watch your pennies. Um, but you know you're getting more pennies at the end of the next month, and I think that that's it. Like you you do have a solid income. When's the last time you had a completely solid income that wasn't a church job, right? You don't have that. So imagine like your church job being, you know, enough to to pay your bills and to eat and all this, but you get it every month. So there's time to formulate, like, maybe maybe you just scratched by. Boy, we've had some months. Like, maybe you just scratched by, and you were like, oh, what am I going to do now, right? Well, oh, my goodness. Well, maybe that happened. Maybe you just scratched by. But then next month, you, you wake up, and you're like, it's a new month. I'm going to go get some rice. I'm going to go learn how to cook curry. Where is your coconut oil? And you just learn. Yeah, and, and, it, and going out to eat feels special. And maybe ordering a Manhattan at the local bar is special. Um, but maybe, or you just sort of learn to make Manhattans at home, um, which is a dangerous game. Uh, your call. Uh, but yeah, that, so that's sort of the lay of the land, as it were. The lay of the land. So let me just look at my notes. Oh, I took notes and everything. I'm so impressed with myself. So that's the money issue. Listen, if you want to talk actual numbers with me, reach out to me. Um, and, and I'll tell you so that we can sort of narrow our vision of like what does living mean? Uh, because living for a million can mean a million things for a million different people. Um, that's but that's generally how the money works. Uh, another thing, it's this is the thing that, that sort of is often argued about. In fact, I had a huge argument on Facebook about it. Man, I would just jump down. A Facebook argument rabbit hole. Like, no one wins. Why do it? Anyways, I did it. <laughs> Anyways, having said all that, I did it. So, what? <sighs> performance limits. Now, there are horror stories of people singing 90 performances a season. They're true. They're just true. Now, were all of those performances on a Bolena in on a Bolena? No. They were small, secondary, tertiary roles Maybe you did, you know, three third ladies in a week and then you sang a Cenerentola. Like, that's a week, bruh. Just getting up every day for that is not. And then you had rehearsals in the morning. Like, those are death weeks. Those do exist and they do happen, especially when there's not as many resources. Like, like at our theater, we everything is double cast. Um, and we sort of work around that. Like, oh, like normally my, my double cast partner is uh, Constantine Gorney. Don't, he's got a steak named for him in the cantina. He's the best. And he is like, Nick, can you cover this one for me? Because I'm doing this. Now, that's a luxury. Because he's like, I'm crazy busy. I need to learn Hoffman. You know Hoffman already. I don't. Uh, you know Hoffman already. Can we just? Can you just cover this? these two March performances of Freischutz? Whatever. Right? But you figure that out amongst us. Now, that's not a luxury in the smaller houses. I have a buddy who is going to join us on the podcast in two, three weeks, I guess, um, doing that interview this weekend. Very excited. Named Cameron Becker. And he was in Regensburg, and he sang a crap ton of performances. Um, that's sort of sometimes what happens. Maybe you sing 90 in a year. Now, that's terrifying. Um, I can tell you that, again, this is just my experience. Just my experience. And if you've had a different one, please write me and tell me. Um, I don't have a limit in my contract of performances. Now, what I do have is if I go over a certain number, then they will have to pay me sort of like an, an extra fee, which is pretty standard. Like if you go over a number of performances, they have to pay you an extra fee for doing extra performances. Does that happen? Um, for me, no. Um, however, I do not have a limit in my contract um, per se. Like, I, like, if I need to sing 50 performances a season, then I'll sing them. Now, there is a number that I get to that they'll have to pay me over. Um, 
who pay me each performance. Now, they, they don't pay me a real guest fee. Uh, they, uh, they pay me a little bit extra. Basically, we know we're killing you. Here's some extra money. And for me, roll tide. I'll take it. <laughs> you can kill me. I don't care. Um, so, so there's that. So that's good and awesome. Again, I want to be clear. That is not the case for everyone. So if you're at a small house and they say, okay, we want you to do nine rolls. Well, look at the performance schedule. If you're single cast, that can start to get out of hand. Um, is there anything you can do about it? Sure, you can talk to the open director. And then, <laughs> like a lot of things in Germany, the open director can say, no, I understand you're, you're worried about it, but that's probably how we're going to do it. And it's like, all right, cool. So that's sort of a decision that, that you have to make uh, and talk. Again, this is very much happens much more at the smaller houses in Germany where they just they just really sing you if you're in the ensemble and you have to be game for that. Uh, I'm a weirdo. I love it. Like bring it. I want 10 performances a season. Like I don't <laughs> I, I or 10 performances a month. I, I don't care. Like roll. Let's go. Um, however, if you do sing 90 performances, here is one of the wildest, most exciting things about Germany. You get one month paid vacation. A whole month. A whole month. It, it might even be 40 days. It's 40 days in our theater. It's incredible. So they do kill you, but then all of August is free. And this is true for <coughs> this is true for theaters across Germany. Um, all of August is free, which is so dope. Um, I've never had paid vacation before. I've never went on a vacation really before. I've never sat on a beach and thought, oh, I deserve to be here until this year. I was sitting on a beach in August, and uh, we, we went back to Mobile, Jen and I, and like my mom was keeping the baby, and Jen and I were sitting at sunset on a beach uh, drinking. Have you guys had these spiked seltzers? Oh, they're so good. It's like if a, if a LaCroix, LaCroix, whatever, was uh, like 6.5% alcohol. Uh, yeah, heaven, yeah. Um, incredible. So we're being super basic. We're sitting on a beach, toes in the sand, Instagram post, whole nine. And I'm like, holy cow, this is what vacation is like. Like, this is a nice quality of life. So that is awesome. Um, there's no doubt about it. That is incredible. Doesn't exist really anywhere else in the world for us. So you do get one month paid vacay, um, or at least you're free for the month and you do get your payment. So it is paid vacay. Yeah. Um, now let's talk about another let's go from there to talk about the the sort of what I think to be the biggest issue not issue mm, we'll say issue let's say issue I'm not afraid we're taking big chances on this podcast the biggest issue I think um, that can arise when you're festing in Germany being an ensemble member in Germany is guesting now they own you you sign that 12-month contract. You're gone for all of August on their dime at a beach in Mobile, Alabama. Like, they own you. They own you in the contract. They don't have to let you go for anything. You get a certain number of, of Orlop or, like, vacation days throughout the summer or throughout the year, but, like, you're done unless it's a holiday. Like, they own you. And that's the way it should be. That's the way work happens, right? Now, I work in a theater that's amazing. And I realize that, and I am so grateful for it. And so it makes me so happy every day to come to work in a place that the energy is so good and that we have so much um, freedom in terms of I can talk to my open director about anything and she will come back to me and she'll say, okay, we can make this work. We can make this work. We can't make this work. We can make this work. That's amazing and and, and extraordinary. And I am complete. I completely realize that. However, I think that the level house that I am at is 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 part of the reason that I'm allowed to guest. It's part of the reason that I'm allowed to to be in Oman right now. I am double cast for everything with with my buddy Constantine. So if Constantine wants to leave for something, he says, "Nick, well you're here. Can I overload your plate for this month so I can go do this th thing?" And then um, I'll take your performances so you can go do the thing. So that's first and foremost. We're double cast and everything. Um, there isn't that freedom 
funny enough, there isn't that freedom at that the super high level. So so people like um, at Deutsche Oper Berlin, if you're in the ensemble there, you're probably not singing big roles. You're probably singing like small roles because they Alanya is singing the Canio, right? So you're probably singing Pepe, and there's only one Pepe. So like you got you got to just stay there. Um, and in and in Germany also, it bears bear in mind that this isn't like come in, do your four weeks of rehearsal, knock out your you know four to six shows wherever you are in America, and then go home. This is like rehearse like a crazy person, then open the show, then do another show in two to five days, and then your next show may not be for a month. They're completely scattered apart. So, which leads to you saying stuff like, oh my gosh, there's one conflicting performance. I'm not in, re- if you're in rehearsal, by the way, forget about guesting. Like, if you're in rehearsal for a new production, even if you're double cast, like if you're, a lot of this is common sense. Like if you're singing Don Giovanni, right? Bravo, good luck with the Coventina. So if you're singing Don Giovanni and you are um, out for two weeks of the six weeks of rehearsal, but it's a new production, even if you're double cast, like, bro, probably not going to happen. Now, if you're singing Mazzetto and you're double cast, maybe. These things are, are, are very fluid. Again, in my theater, it's very fluid. And I know other people who who don't even who don't even – their agent will write them and say, oh, we have this great opportunity somewhere. And they're like, well, they're not, I'm not even going to go to them because they're not going to let me. Now, that's the open director's prerogative. I think at our house, we sort of have a thing where um, if you're guesting, if you're guesting at a high level, it's good for the theater because it makes the theater look wonderful. Um, and it, a happy fest singer is a great fest singer. Um, I think that that is, is a good thing. Um and that's the way that our theater sees it. But again, if you're if you're in a smaller place, or if you're even in a place at Karlsruhe level, guesting may not be an option. They may just say, nah, bro, we own you. Or you may go guest, and they may take you off of contract for that month. Or if there's one conflicting performances, maybe you offer, and, and you're single cast, maybe you offer, can I please just pay the guest? Whatever, whatever number that is. Um, that happened to me recently. That happened to me about four months ago. I had a conflicting performance uh, one time in a big opportunity. And I said, listen, I know this guy. I know this guy who's doing the, the role right now um, at another theater. He's, he's wonderful. Can he just come in? Can, can we sort of work it out and I'll pay him um, for the guest fee and they said yeah and they agreed to it so you you if there's one conflicting performance it's all and it's often financially a good idea for you because you're making more guesting so you sort of you, you know you throw the guest whatever the guest fee that you sort of negotiate or the theater negotiates with the theater depending on the sort of situation and it makes sense for you to pay that guest uh to cover that performance having said all of that you are responsible for your production so even though i'm single cast or excuse me, even though I'm double cast in something, if if Constantine gets sick, your boy's got to be there. And if I'm not there, I got to catch that guest. I got to catch that guest fee because he's sick. That's a that's often how these Orlops or these releases will work. Um, they'll say they'll say to my agent, "Yeah, we can release Nick for this, but he's got two performances, and he can sing extra before he leaves, and then Constantine can sing the two. And then, uh, and then, if Constantine goes down, Nick's going to have to cover up to a certain number, financially speaking. So that is um, again something you work out with your theater. And again, only my experience. I have also had to turn down things because I'm in Karlsruhe. Um, things that necessarily career-wise weren't great, but financially were fantastic. I've had to say no to, and that is a little brutal. You just suck it up, and you realize how how lit it is that you have a regular job, and that you get paid every month, and that your health care is taken care of. Amazing health care. You have amazing retirement. You have all of the things that like you dream of as an artist. You have that. So when you do have to not go do that vanity gig that's basically going to get you nowhere career-wise, but it's going to pay you really well, then you just suck it up. And you're like, no, I can't do that because my eye is on the prize. Right, because it also something where oh my gosh we're there. So I'll talk about that now. When you are festing in Germany, people see you. You are visible. People come to premieres. 
People come to things. Uh, people, agents, casting directors from everywhere. Um, it never fails, and and I sort of like this, but I know other people that hate it. It never fails. Someone will walk backstage and say, "Boris from Stuttgart is here," or "Lova from from Frankfurt is here," or "This big agency is here." It, it, it never fails. Now that can freak some people out. I actually like it because I'm like, "Yeah, let's go," um, but it can freak some people out. But it never fails. Like, and and these are middle of the run performances, like Anna Bolena number ten, uh, Freischutz number three. Um, you do get reviewed by everybody. Open glasses always at premieres. Um, open Velt is there. Uh, there is a because there's so many performances. There are reasons for these magazines to exist and to do really good work, and they do. Um, imagine if Opera News was uh, uh, had three more publications on the level of Opera News, um, and that level of production, that level of. Um, journalism I mean that in coverage that's that's what we're talking about so that's I think I don't know I I find it I find it incredibly charming that they care so much about the thing I care so much about so that is um one part of the the fest situation now um a quick trip for an audition which is a great reason to be here is almost always approved um they do not mind you sing or again in my experience they do not mind you singing for other theaters um they they don't mind it at all i sing tons of auditions here as a fest member now that's a great reason to do a fest as well because a fest a fix an ensemble position gets you in germany it gets you a two-year visa work visa it gets you around the language speaking the language every day for better or worse haha <laughs> um but that is that is how fest works so that is very exciting it's a very exciting time and you can be here and instead of flying from new york for one audition in hagen you can just take a train to hagen for the day right or instead of uh flying you got this big opportunity you know they need a last minute donor you've sung donner before in in at the simple opa in dresden and they are like oh is he free right now? And you're like, yeah. And then you just go jump in. Now, that's an amazing Einspringen. I wish that was a real story. But it's fictitious. But um, maybe it'll happen to me one day. Uh, uh, you know, Dresden, listen. Um, I don't know Donner, though. Pick something I know. Oh, yeah, pick Enrico. Like, if I'm jumping in, pick Enrico. Semper Opa. So, the level of opportunity here, when you're actually here, goes through the roof right all of a sudden you can just take that train to a place to audition you can just you know go where you need to go to get things done um and you can schedule that uh the kbb which is sort of like the people who keep who are in charge of you they're sort of like your hr department sort of schedule and how do i get to and from things and all of this they will work it out with you and generally speaking those are approved um which is great and right that's that's sort of the reason that's the reason you do it now uh size of roles everyone who comes here has a different has a different experience with sizes of roles at my theater there are people who sing uh big huge awesome roles there are people who who sing very tiny quick roles there are people who are spiel tenors but they also sing dramatic tenor rep there are a myriad a myriad of ways um, to sort of divvy up roles for your season. Now, what does that look like? Maybe you're singing, you know, uh, two second ladies, and then you have two performances of Pamina, and then you have, you know, five performances of Adina, and then you, it, it varies massively. For me, I've been lucky enough to sing pretty big stuff here, um, mostly. Now, next season, I'm, I'm, I don't, it's not announced yet, but I'm, I'm singing something maybe a little bit smaller of a role. Um, that all sort of varies. There are, there is a Fox system here and the Fox system is literal law. Like, you know, like, can you imagine if it was against the law for someone to be like, can you sing Santuzza and you to be like, no, and they have to say no. It's amazing to me. So, so the Fox system actually does exist for, or it's a real thing that exists here. So, you know, when it comes to that, like the lyric tenors, lyric tenors are gonna sing lyric tenor rep, which is usually 
Hoffman, it's it's not the servants, right? Whereas the Spieltender is going to sing the servants and not the Hoffman. Now, if an opera director says, okay, we need you to sing five different Falk things, five different Falk things can be uh, Octavio. I only speak about tenors, by the way. Can be Octavio, can be um, a Spieltender role like Spoletta, uh, can be Hoffman, can be the four, four servants. I mean, Basically, it should be talked about with the front office. What can you do? And never, ever, ever be afraid to sing a small role here. Um, I have I have sung things sort of all over the Falk map. I mean, basically dramatic baritone, dramatic bass baritone, which isn't really a Falk, but dramatic baritone stuff is what I sing. But, like, I, I, I also do whatever. I'll, I'll do a figaro. You know, so sizes of roles roles vary. Uh, just something to to keep in mind. What? Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, why do a fest? I think if you if you don't know that by now, I've been speaking for forty minutes. If you're not sure why to do a fest now, then it's probably not right for you. But if you're intrigued, right? If you're intrigued in getting actually paid, getting actual good health care, living in a city, learning where the best chicken joint is, um, learning what German beer tastes like, which is a, a discovery uh, in and of itself. It's fantastic. Um, if you are interested in that, why do it, right? And, and this is sort of the thing. It gets you to Germany, just to recap. It gets you to Germany, which is invaluable. You need to be here. Um, come get work in Central Europe. It's so pivotal. You are going to reach a ceiling in America, unless you're a literal like lights out star. You're going to reach a ceiling in America where you're going to be hired, maybe keep getting hired by the next five or six people uh, or companies that you're working at. And then eventually someone someone's going to come and they'll hire them. Come Central Europe is consistent work. It's awesome work. And listen, I'm an American. I'm a product of that system. I love America. I love working in America. It is the flipping best. But for people who aren't 40 and who aren't major, major like Nadine Sierra style stars, Central Europe is such a good option. Germany specifically. There's so much happening. It's awesome. So... That's a that's a good reason to come. It gets you to Germany. Then people come, agents come, casting directors. One gig leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. Jen will talk about this in her interview. That's how this works, right? So that's unbelievably crucial and pivotal. It's job security. You can go to your mother and your father. You can look them in the eyes and you can say, I have insurance. Do What more do you want? What more do you want? I have insurance, and you can say the word salary out loud to people, and you can get chill bumps like I just did. Thrilling. How fun, right? Yes, job security. How thrilling. Um, now, how do you do this, right? How, how do I, now, that, now that you know about Fest, how in the hell do I get a Fest? Well, prayer. <laughs> which is the third part of this um, podcast. Um, fests are hard to come by. They just are. They are, uh, while there are a million opportunities, obviously there are a million more people seeking them. So instead of just competing for um, a gig at New Orleans Opera with mostly other American singers at the audition in Shetler for Turandot, you're competing with like people from Estonia and people from Russia and Germans and everyone, everyone from all around uh, of the other countries that I'm blanking on right now, but everywhere besides America, <laughs> you're competing with, re and there's really good singing here, really, really, really good singing here, so um, that's the first thing, it is competitive, it is this dream world that I just created for you that is also incredibly competitive, now, um, email agents, press pack agents we get into with jennifer's interview which i'm not sure if i'm going to even include in this first podcast because i'm talking so long surprise so 
agents still get cold emails here, and that's fine. Go on Opera Base, look up the agents, cold email them your press pack and say, I'm an American singer, here are my YouTube videos, here's my CV, here's my resume, will you hear me? Now, if they say yes, buckle up, bro, or lady, you are headed to Germany, and you are headed to do it. So that's the first thing. Agents don't work here like they work in America. Jen got into all this, uh, so I don't want to hit it too much, but it is a total different world here. You don't have an agent forever. You have multiple agents all the time. So if you have, or if you have an American agent, express to them, hey, can you set up auditions? And a lot of American agents do have really good contacts here. So you can audition at Cologne, you can audition in Dresden, you can audition in Zurich. Make it very clear that you're interested in a fest position for these places. Now, your agent may say, because it's not a lot of money for them, your agent may say, oh, I don't know if a fest is right for you, whatever. You counter that with, okay, tell me why, and, and come with a decision. Now, they may have a really good reason. They may say, we have all this momentum guesting. What are we doing? Like, we got to keep going, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or if you're just coming out of a young artist program, you're just coming out of a young artist program, and your guest calendar isn't as full as it could be or at all, which happens, This is that's the perfect time. Maybe, maybe you're just coming out of a master's program and you want to forego the young artist programs in America. Also a good time to come to Germany. So, um, yeah, that, that is, you either cold email all uh, agents. By the way, you can just go on Opera Base and you can look up all the German agents you want to look up. You look them up, you cold email them, you say I'm an American singer, you put a YouTube video, which is God, have a good one. Um, and they love Americans. They love Americans here because we sing really well. We work really hard. We'll sing any language. We don't care. And we'll we'll try to make it work. So that that is absolutely one way to do it. Or have your American agent, if he or she has contacts in America, have them contact uh, in Europe, sorry, have them contact those companies, come over, do the thing, go for it. That's what I. That's what I would say. That would be my first sort of uh, option. Another option is emailing people you know that are working here. How does that work? Like, who's your agent? Can do you mind if I write them and say on behalf of Nicholas Brownlee, or on my, I mean, I have an American agent and only an American agent, which has worked for me because he has a lot of contacts in Europe. But Jennifer has a wonderful, wonderful, a couple wonderful agents in Germany. Email her. Say, hey, Jen, I got this opportunity to come over to Germany. Do you mind if I try to set up some auditions with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so? Absolutely. Say my name. Here's his email. Here's her email. That's We're here to set up that network for you. Now, you may be listening to this, and you may be thinking, bro, I don't know anybody. Well, you're listening to it, and this is the first episode, and you, and you, so you probably know me. Just reach out. It's all you have to do. Um, and I will help, I will help facilitate that. Now, I don't know anything, right? I mean, I've been talking for 50 minutes. I know, I think I know something, which is terrifying for everyone listening, but reach out to me, right? That's what, that's what you have to do. And I'll help you with these agents. I'll help you get this start. Um, that the whole idea behind this is demystifying the German experience, or at least the first few episodes of this podcast. Now, things you can do in the meantime. Just start learning German. I know everyone says that. Everyone's like, just learn German. Literally a phrase a day. Learn a phrase of German a day. Look, you're in your 20s. Let's just be real. Real talk with Nick Brownlee. Welcome. Um, I, I wish I would, like had whiskey right now sipping it. Um, welcome to Real Talk with Nicholas Brownlee. It's a pleasure to see you. Uh, ooh, that had such a like cereal vibe. Yeah, if I just go in here, it's got such a cereal vibe. Um, anyways... You're in your 20s. You're not going to learn articles. No one knows the articles. Germans get confused. That's not true. But no one knows articles. If you get der, D, and Dame confused, who cares? Trust me, they'll correct you. And you'll remember forever. And if you don't, they'll correct you again. So forget all that. Forget all that. Don't. You'll wear yourself out. Everyone's like, oh, I got to do this and this. And this. Just learn a phrase a day. Learn enough to rehearse. If you're in rehearsal right now, wherever you're in rehearsal, keep mental note. These are all the things that I said today. 
learn how to say all those things and learn how to respond to all of them. Maybe listen to a German podcast every now and then. Maybe put on a German TV show an hour a day. Just learn it. Just learn it as practically as you can. It does not have to be perfect. And if you have to do an interview in it, they'll help you. Just just, just know it enough, right? Like, know it enough to show that you are truly trying. And chill out. Don't go buy all the books. Don't don't get a Rosetta Stone and say like, oh, I'm going to really do it. And you drop $600 on the gear. No. Google German lesson number one. There's an amazing, amazing YouTube collection of videos by this amazing woman who and she'll be the first that pulls up learning German 101 she'll teach it to you just watch the stupid video for five seconds okay oh okay that's my rant okay I'm done with that just learn sort of German that's it okay um that is what I have to say about that abrupt ending because I spiraled out on learning German because it frustrates me so bad. Just like, because everyone's like, oh, but I really need to know it. No, no, stop. No, just just do it. Just do it enough. Oh, anyways, okay. Aha, done. Now, this was very fun. I love talking. Talking to myself is a little weird and there's like a mirror in front of me. So I've been like checking in on myself. Uh, not checking myself out, to be clear. Although I could today, my hair looks great. But I, it's been a little weird, but this has been awesome and fun. Holy cow, I can't tell you how much fun it was to just talk. Um, so I am not including Jennifer's interview. Normally, normally speaking, I would talk for 15 minutes and then Basta Cozy, right? Then I would go straight into the interview um, with whoever it is. I will drop Jennifer's interview at some point next week if you subscribe you will see it but on next thursday hopefully we will have cameron's episode up uh if not we will have an episode up for you to listen to now this has been extremely extremely uh technical germany talk so if you're confused, if you're overwhelmed, if you hated all of this German talk and you just want to talk about how good Pav's middle is and how it sounded like he had a microphone, uh, great. Let's talk about that next time. Um, I don't want to just spend a lot of time on this German, but this is intended to, um, again, fill that gap. Now I'm just rambling, and I'm sorry about that. I think it's the first time I'm really rambling. Um reach out to us and I really do mean that if you're listening to this odds are you're following me on Instagram or I'm following you or we're following each other and you you friends with me on Facebook there is a you can go to nicholasbrownlee.com my website and there is a um, contact button on that don't write Damon because he won't care so don't write my agent if you if you submit a question there that you need answered in next week's podcast or you need answered immediately and I will email you back. I want to help. So please do email me. Please do reach out to me. Um, again, this is not the standard way of the podcast. We will have, have guests next week. I'm very excited about that. Um, I am your resource. I am here for you. I know other people who are very smart and much more educated about this business than me. And I will, I will use them for you. Oh, I will. And I won't even tell them it's for you. So that has been sort of my German experience. Again, mine. I hope it helps someone. I truly do. It's been super fun. I'm sure if you're a friend of mine and you're listening to this, you've never heard me focus this much for one full hour. I never have either. I don't know what happened. I wrote notes down and stick to them. Oh, stuck to them. Oh, boy. I'm falling apart. Subject verb agreements going. I got to get out of here. All right, listen to the end of That Carmen right now. Tell me how dope it was. Uh, not the podcast, but The Carmen. Or if you like the podcast too. Talk to you soon. Much love. Peace. <laughs>